This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Hi, it's Claire Kimball here, the founder of The Squiz. This week marks six years of putting out The Squiz Today podcast, and I just wanted to say a huge thank you for listening. If you love what we do, and we hope you do, please tell your friends about us. It's all the birthday present we could ever need. Good morning, I'm Alice Dempster. And I'm Claire Kimball. It's Monday the 20th of March. In your Squiz Today... Trump flags a potential arrest, more footy players speak up on brain injuries, an SUV takeover, and a journey through the eras. This is your Squiz Today. It's been a rocky weekend for former US President Donald Trump, Claire. He says illegal leaks from the Manhattan District Attorney's Office suggest that he's going to be arrested on Tuesday, although that's something that hasn't been confirmed or rejected by authorities. Trump posted that update to followers of his Truth social media platform. That happened yesterday. He didn't say, though, what the charges are that he expects to be laid uh, or really his reasons for why Tuesday is the day. But reports say that it's likely to do with a years-long criminal investigation into hush money that Trump allegedly paid to two women who claimed that they had uh, sexual encounters with him. Uh, To explain how we got to this point, You might remember the name Stormy Daniels. She's the former adult film star who made hush money claims uh, back when Trump was in office. She and another woman uh, say that they were paid hundreds of thousands of dollars to keep quiet about alleged affairs with Trump, uh, something that he's denied. Yeah, and although hush money might be frowned upon generally, where this all becomes legally problematic for Trump is that the payoffs are said to have happened in the lead up to the 2016 election. As a candidate, Trump was only allowed to receive up to $2,700 US from any individual, and he wasn't allowed to receive any money at all from corporations. Yeah, and you might be wondering why this has anything to do with donations that Trump could receive. Uh, Where it all comes back to is what his former lawyer, Michael Cohen, says about it. Uh, He says that he funded one woman's payment of $130,000. Also, he arranged for a media company to fund the payout to another woman uh, on the promise that it would be repaid. And all of that could amount to Trump committing campaign finance violations. That's what the Attorney General has been investigating. Uh, Cohen admits to covering up what he calls Trump's dirty deeds. Uh, He fronted up to that in 2018 and he was sentenced to three years in jail. Uh, Last week, he gave testimony in front of a grand jury uh, and that grand jury is considering charges against Trump. What Cohen says is that he would absolutely testify uh, against Trump if it does go to trial. And Trump himself was invited to testify in front of that grand jury last week, but he didn't take to the stand, Claire. It's important to note that if this does go ahead, Trump would be the first former US president in history to be indicted on criminal charges. For his part, he's labelled the investigation a witch hunt and he's urged his followers to protest and take our nation back. Claire, the International Criminal Court, which is also known as the ICC, issued an arrest warrant for Russian President Vladimir Putin over the weekend. 
It's to do with allegations of the illegal deportation of hundreds of children from Ukraine. But Putin hasn't responded to that claim yet. Yeah, speaking of people in power with arrest warrants, <laughs> a Kremlin spokesperson said that the ICC's allegation are outrageous and unacceptable uh, and the practical and logistical problems uh, in actually pursuing a case against Putin are immense. Um, so really it's a signal from the international community that they're watching Putin's moves, particularly where it comes to breaches of international law. Uh, for his part, Putin moved on. He went to crime uh, to mark the ninth anniversary of its annexation. That was on Saturday. And just to explain that a bit, the Crimea region was under Ukraine's control until 2014 when Russia took it over. Uh, Russia's reason for doing that is much the same as its justification for invading Ukraine more broadly. Um, That is that it sees the whole region as its territory. And Claire, Putin also made a spontaneous visit to Mariupol on Sunday. Mariupol's, of course, the eastern Ukrainian city that's been in Russian hands since last May, and it's the site of some of the worst Russian strikes since the start of the war. Maria Pol's mayor, Vadim Boychenko, who's been exiled since the Russian takeover, said Putin was a criminal who had returned to the scene of the crime. We spoke about a few developments in the AFL and NRL in regards to their concussion protocols for players last week, Claire. And now two really high-profile former footy players have spoken out about their brain injuries after their celebrated careers in their respective codes. And when it comes to AFL and legends of the past, they don't come much more celebrated than former Geelong player Gary Ablett Sr. Mm. Uh, He even had the nickname of God because he was so good at taking these really miraculous marks and kicking goals from ridiculous angles. That was back in the 80s and 90s. Uh, He is now in his 60s and he says that a recent scan showed that he's been left with significant structural and functional brain damage. That's a consequence, he says, of concussions and head knocks that he suffered during his career. And since 2010, he says that he's had a debilitating range of conditions, including memory loss and severe depression. Uh, Also over the weekend, former top rugby league player Mark Carroll came forward. He said that he's had a recent diagnosis of brain damage uh, and that he's not there for sympathy. He said he's not there for himself. Uh, And this is the quote, uh, he's there for the other former footballers who I know are suffering in silence. So Claire, Ablett and Carol are the latest advocates for more support for former players, and all of this comes as campaigners call on the top leagues and government to fund players' brain scans. If you've noticed an uptick in bigger cars on the road, there's new data out that proves you're not imagining it. The Federal Chamber of Automotive Industries says that 53% of all new vehicles sold in Oz last year were SUVs. So these are the sports utility vehicles that do off-road driving as well as the school drop-off. And when it comes to new car sales, their share has almost doubled over the past decade. Tony Webber from the Chamber says that SUVs are really good because they can do it all. They're very nimble. Mm -hmm. You can take them into a shopping mall car park 
for example, but they can also tow a boat on the weekend. Um, But safety experts, they point to higher risks to pedestrians and also to other drivers. And SUVs aren't the only new vehicles on our roads in big numbers. Four-wheel drives and light commercial vehicles like utes have also been on the rise. In fact, the top-selling model in 2022 was the Toyota Hilux, and that's really different from 10 years ago when the top-selling vehicle was the good old Toyota Corolla. A message now from our podcast partner, Sunbeam. With so many unhealthy snacks on offer, it can be hard to find something to keep your kids satisfied and happy. Sunbeam's dried fruit and cheese chilled snacks contain only real fruit and real cheese with no artificial colours or flavours. And they're a great source of calcium. It's a snack you can feel good about giving them while you're on the go. Pick up a pack today in the dairy fridge at your local Woolworths, Coles or independent retailer. Claire, I know you and Kate are Swifties and I also think she's great. And for fans in Glendale, Arizona, it was basically Christmas over the weekend. That's because she kicked off her first live tour in five years with a massive 44-song set. Highly anticipated, I think they call that tour. (laughs) Uh, And only matched by that epic song list. I can't even imagine a concert with 44 songs. But (laughs) this is her era's tour. Uh, It kicked off to glowing reviews on the weekend, uh, including a 70,000-strong audience. Uh, What they're looking into is whether she's broken a record with that for a female-led concert. Madonna holds the record, but she could have overtaken that. Um, The show was billed as a bit of a tour through her whole song list across her career. Um, Each era has an outfit and a set change, uh, so you can see why the show went for more than three hours. Yeah, and anyone who wasn't at the venue was still treated to video snippets online They are best viewed in person, but one particularly impressive clip that's doing the rounds seems to show Swift diving below the stage between songs and getting changed for her next performance. No Aussie tour dates have been announced yet, so the sneak peeks have probably just upped the anticipation (laughs) for local Swifties. Just announce the dates. (laughs) Squeeze the day, Claire. What have you seen that we should know about today? Federal Parliament's back this week. It's going to be sitting for a fortnight and there's lots on the agenda. Uh, They have to get through a whole workload before we head to the budget in May. Um, So there's lots of things like legislation to cut climate emissions and the next steps on the voice referendum. So that all kicks off today. And that wraps us up today. Have a great Monday and we'll be back again tomorrow. G'day, Kate Watson here. I'm the host of Weekly Wrap and News Club, a place for conversations about the news. It's budget week, so I'm here to tell you about our News Club episode from last week where Claire chatted with James Chessel. He's the former Managing Director of Publishing at Nine Entertainment. He was also a staffer earlier in his career, so they have a good chat about how the budget sausage is made. Here's a small snippet. The most important policy or set of policies the government will announce every year. So it's important that it's not um, announced willy-nilly, although mm. 
they do leak <laughs> a, a fair amount of it. Yeah. And there is a famous time when a when um, Laurie Oakes, the nine journalist, got his hand on the budget papers b- the day before the budget and was it's able to such print. Such an incredible story. Was able to print a lot of it, um, which was you know absolutely amazing. Um, <laughs> but the other thing is. A lot of what the treasurer will announce has the ability to move markets, yeah. um, direct impact on on businesses and and other organisations. So you know there does need to be some rigour and uh, confidence that it will be handed handled in an appropriate appropriate way. For more on that chat, just search for News Club in your podcast app or follow the link in your episode notes.